Now, before we get started, there is a small addendum we want to make about our last episode. Our awesome fact checker Anon on Tumblr pointed out to us that we mentioned the wrong actor in our brief conversation about a haunting of of Bly Manor. Um, So for those of you who tuned in, it was Raul Kohli that was in Bly Manor and not Dev Patel. Once again, thank you Anon, we truly appreciate it and we will make sure to double check and triple check our facts more thoroughly in the future. Welcome to the Jasmine Dragon. I'm Doodle Lady, your humble hostess for today's and last episode of the season. Cue the sobbing noises. (laughs) (laughs) We have brewed one last cup of calming tea for you, our delightful listeners. So kick back, settle in wherever you are, and let us fill your ears with an hour of beautiful fandom content. I'd like to welcome my talented tea servers, Ride Boldly Ride, and Bulletproof Teacup. Ladies? Hey-ho! This is Ride Boldly Ride again. And this time I'm your fractious writer, because I'm chasing down my lost vocabulary. I'm also your resident soundbender and podficker. You can find me on Tumblr and AO3 as Ride Boldly Ride, on Instagram as ride.boldly.ride, and Twitter as Tori underscore Gend. Hey all, I am the one and only Teacup, your fandom grandma. I am a writer, shitposter, and all-around lurker. You can find me on AO3 and Instagram under Bulletproof Teacup, but the true insanity can only be witnessed on Tumblr. Now, I do want to add something about that last cup of tea. Uh, You only get one, and then we kick you out. So don't overstay your welcome, please. Thank you. There is a 15-minute warning. Yeah. <laughs> we close. Get out. We're closing. <laughs> no, you can't have any more. Go. Go. No, no. It's I'm on very vacation. Zuko. Bye. Very Zuko. Finally an excuse to fight the customer. Yes. Thank you. I will get my dual swords out. Be like, it's closing time. And you will be jet. No. Um, <clears throat> sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Forcibly ejected. Or we will be Jack because we'll have say. you hooked on this episode. Ah, <laughs> so much you'll want to visit Lake Lao Guy. The Earth King does invite. Yeah, that's true. God, I we're am such pleased nerds. to accept that invitation. <laughs> okay, okay, settle down, nerds. And anywho, I'm Doodle Lady, your resident fan artist and, once again, this evening's hostess. If you like doodles and oodles of Zutara content, you can follow me on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at Doodle Lady with an I. So, guys, today's theme is a fandom renaissance. Our lovely fandom is in the middle of one, in our opinion. Ever since Netflix released The Last Airbender once again, there has been a tsunami of new content and fans, and we are happily drowning. Stick around for some juicy news, amazing one-shots, and heavenly fan art. But before we go any further, it is time for our disclaimer. (laughs) 
The Jasmine Dragon Tea Hour is an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast, and although we welcome all fans, if you haven't figured it out yet, we are adamant Zutara shippers. Thus, we will be gushing, giggling, gossiping, you name it, about our beloved red and blue. If you don't jive with this pairing, please abort this mission ASAP. Thank you for listening. With the legalities out of the way, we meander to the news with Teacup. Thank you, Doodle. And uh, much like current events, this week's news is a little bit weird, definitely worrisome, and very wonky. As you may have heard by now, ZK Bollywood Week has been cancelled. Details are not clear, but Discord sources report that one of the Bollywood mods went rogue. In addition to making inappropriate statements, the official ZK Bollywood Week accounts were locked. Unfortunately, it became necessary for this event to be cancelled. Here at the Jasmine Dragon, we are absolutely heartbroken. We've been looking forward to this fandom week for like literal months, and to hear that it has been ruined in such a manner is just terrible. That being said, being a Zutara shipper has always come with an extraordinary amount of BS. For those of us who have been in this fandom long term, we've weathered shipping wars and actual disrespect from the showrunners, and most importantly, we've stood together despite the many years that have passed since the end of Avatar The Last Airbender. Despite everything that has happened, I know that we can stand together as a fandom and celebrate ZK Bollywood Week despite the actions of a specifically awful person. If you've created something for this week, the other Bollywood mods still encourage you to post your beautiful creations. The Jasmine Dragon will highlight all Tumblr works by reblogging them onto our JDT Hour blog. Feel free to tag us, and we'll shine some spotlight on this most excellent celebration of South Asian culture. If you're looking for a pick-me-up after that Crystal Catacombs-esque ending, don't look too far. A Suki standalone comic has been announced through Dark Horse. Entitled Suki Alone, this comic appears to cover Suki's time alone in the Boiling Rock prison that is introduced mid-season 3 of Avatar. Now, I've always been very honest regarding my rather low opinion of the Avatar comics, cough cough, <laughs> there are no comics in Bossing Say, but I am enjoying the focus of the most recent comics. First, because they appear to be canon compliant, which means no more weird post-show shenanigans, but also because they focus on characters who have always needed a little bit more time in the spotlight. Suki has always been a bit of a frustrating enigma for fans, and I am no exception. Despite being a member of the gang in Season 3, there is little known about her character in general. Hopefully, we'll still get a chance to learn more about this otherwise completely badass character when Suki alone drops in June of 2021. But until then, I will conveniently forget that there were ever any comic adaptations at all. We'll end our news today with a quick reminder. ZK Drabble December is still ongoing. There have been a ton of pretty fantastic Drabbles, and even a few poems, contributed to this fandom event. Shout out to the participants, and especially to Lady Aniko for her delightful pirate AU. Don't be afraid to jump on the wagon, even this late in the game. Today's prompt is obvious. And with that, it has now become obvious that this was the news. Thank you for listening. Well, I'm glad we humble hoes have things to look forward to in the fandom. Thank you, Teacup, as always, for some piping hot news. Coming up next is our rotational segment of Podfake Readings. In this week's episode, we will be reading Don't Follow Me Down by 11D7, 
You can find them on AO3 as 11 Day 7 and Tiny History on Tumblr. And it's going to be brought to you by our very own Ride Boldly Ride. So please check out the podfic that we will post simultaneously with this week's episode. The world between living and dead is cold and white. The rivers flow dark between glaciers, and the tundras are smooth and flat as glass. Lost spirits wander the world like lonely shadows, drifting over ice and snow. The wind always blows cold. The oceanids visit sometimes, swimming through the currents to arrive at the between world. They skim across the water, quick and playful spirits, surfacing briefly to flash silver before vanishing again. Katara watches them come and go, darting around the shallows. They like the shallows. It's where the little spirits play. The shallows are safe and bright and busy. It's not a bad place for Katara and her brother to hide. Ancient grudges have bubbled to the surface in the mortal realm, and the old gods and new gods teeter together on the brink of war. But here, in this small world, all is quiet. Katara spends plenty of time by the shallows. But sometimes, beneath the splashing and soft murmur of water, she thinks she can hear something else. And she lifts her gaze to the dark horizon. Sometimes, especially when the midnight sun comes, she thinks she can hear the ocean call her name. On those nights, the oceanids scatter to their hiding places and won't come no matter how the gods call, and the sun rides low in the sky. It's not the ocean calling you, an old snow spirit named Kana says. Then who? It's the depths below. The depths are the ocean, Katara argues, but Kana is silent. The land of the midnight sun burns bright. The tundras are so white and crisp, they cut the horizon into two. The white land, the azuline sky. One of the spirits, a little boy, is shouting at the endless sky when Katara wakes up. Sun madness, Sokka says as he sharpens his trident. Tragic. Heard a story about one of those old ice spirits. Yes, yes, midnight madness. Stared at the sun and went blind. Heard it a million times. Sokka tries to maintain a bit of solemn warning. And her eyes, like two black coals, bits of glowing red in the center of each one, like the fire horses that pull the sun across the sky each day. 
Sokka gets uneasy then. Let's speak of other things. Guitar looks up at the blue sky. I miss the moon. It'll be here soon enough. Don't you miss the darkness? It'll be here soon enough, Sokka repeats firmly, standing up. Katara tilts her head. The sea is calling. The old gods are failing. They are losing their battles. Sokka readies for war, though childhood is still soft upon his face. He is too keen for the future, Katara thinks. He holds himself taut as a bowstring, ready to take flight on the slightest murmur of the east winds. Perhaps he will become a war god, old Kana says. Is that my fate too? Kana's face softens. No, of course not. Fortune will consider other fates. Katara is not meant for war. Katara agrees. The ocean calls, she says. Kana's face goes still, but she does not say, That's not the ocean. She only turns silently away. Melancholia hangs over Katara like a cloud. Her parents are both going to die. She knows it in her heart. And her brother is keen to join the war despite his youth and inexperience. She will lose him too. So she roams the tundras, restless and disquiet, and she finds herself following the dark rivers that run from one end of the realm to the other. From the ocean on the safe side, where lie the shallows, blue and bright, busy and light, warmed from the currents brought from the mortal realm, to the ocean on the other side, the sea of the dead, black and endless, waiting patiently to swallow up the dead souls and take them to the river sticks. Some people linger long in the rivers, threading through the ice, and slowly drift towards the sea of the dead. Others, especially the small and mewling babies, vanish within moments. Katara stands by one of the rivers, just a few steps away from the sea of the dead, and gazes down at those destined to die. A woman drifts by, caught in the icy currents of the river, a boy in her arms. They cling to each other, but, just for a moment, he slips from her embrace and she is pulled into the sea and sinks slowly and silently into darkness. The boy lingers by the mouth of the river, only a few lengths away from the sea of the dead. A fever has a hold of him. His eyes are bright, his skin flushed, and his expression is frightened. Katara has seen countless souls pass through this lonely land, and she has never once reached out to any of them. They are wretched little things, their fate inescapable, and she need not intervene. But her thoughts are still preoccupied with the inevitable death of her parents, and she watches this boy reach out, searching blindly for the arms of his mother, 
who only moments ago was with him. But she is gone now. Katara moves to turn away. The law of the land is unbreakable, and she is only a small spirit, the daughter of two dying gods, and she holds no powers. And yet, and yet, the boy drifts closer to the sea of the dead, and the tides begin to carry him away, and yet, the sea is calling. So Katara answers it. She plunges into the water, swimming into the darkness. Some of the souls are screaming and wretched, and some are sobbing and trembling, and some are chanting in frenzied prayer. Not him. He is quiet, eyes bright with fever, his hair fanning out behind him, his clothes of red and gold slowly darkening as the water pulls him deep below the surface. In a moment, he'll be lost to the seething mass of souls. You cannot have him. The voice speaks to her, dark and rolling as thunder. She has woken one of the underworld guardians. Ko, with her smooth white face of bone and eyes like onyx. All souls to me. Katara reaches out a hand and catches a hold of the boy. He does cry out then as she pulls him to the surface and drags him closer to her. He is warm beyond a fever, she realizes. There's a brightness within, faint but present. He must be a sun spirit. What's your name? She says urgently, for the tides are already reaching for him again. He needs to go back to the world of the living. But he only struggles in the water, writhing in the grip of fever. Your name, I can't take you back without a name. He shivers. The depths below are calling him. Your name! Zuko, he says at last his voice thin and frightened. But Katara reaches for the icy surface and calls out boldly. Zuko, she says, giving the name to the warmer currents of the South. They will carry his name back to the mortal realm and beckon him back to the living. She sweeps a hand through the water. She is not Ko with her long boat hook, nor is she one of the judges three. But she is the daughter of the gods, and the depths below call her. So the currents twist between her hands, this way and that, unconvinced and yet unable to deny her. Zuko belongs above, she tells them, above, above, not here. And then in her mind, she sees it. The great seething sea of the dead extending all the way to the underworld, in the currents pushing and pulling, and with one swift motion she sends Zuko back along the river. For a moment he drifts aimlessly. But then the warm flush recedes from his skin, and the fever softens just slightly, and he catches a hold of a current, returning him to the shallows. 
Katara watches him disappear from sight. And now that you've had a chance to go check out that lovely reading, it's time to give some generous helping of love to the word benders of our fandom. It's time for Fic Picks. Take it away, Ride. Well, welcome to Fic Picks. I'm not going to sit here and say that these new writers are our new Avatar, Shakespeare's, or Chaucer's, but I'm also not going to say they aren't. We'll let you make that call for yourself. Today we're going to be focusing on two different sorts of stories that I feel embrace the new wave and the new range of AUs and emotion that we get from them. But before we dive into them, it's time for our um, addendums, uh, some quick pro quos. This is a warning. This will not be a spoiler-free discussion. Please do not be upset if you don't take the time to read these stories before you review them, because we're not going to be holding back, and you will be spoiled. So, if you haven't, go read these wonderful stories and leave some love in the comments for them. And then come back and listen to us. It's time for us to actually do some reviewing. Our first one is by Goldilocks23. And the title of it is Lunar Ephemerality. I'm going to read the author's summary. After multiple failed attempts on his life and years of self-set expectations, Fire Lord Zuko is a shell of the man he used to be. But Katara won't turn her back on those who need her. As a side note, the author is saying that there is a potential for a chapter two. But as of right now, it's complete. Now the reviewer summary. This is one of those it hurts so good stories, and I can't get enough of it. It's full of realistic catalysts and understandable breakdowns. I mean, which one of us could handle Zuko's kind of stress levels at 16? Let alone after six years of reign, where this abused young man has to fight his instincts, fight his nobility, fight everything, and he just can't anymore. Katara really shines in this fic. She gives Zuko just the space he needs, but is also right there, willing to step up when he really needs it, and when he's at his lowest. So ladies, what did you think of this one-shot? Mangoes. Mangoes, <laughs> yes! <laughs> it did make me want some mangoes, I won't lie. <laughs> I... I really liked the like the descriptive bits of this fic. Um, I think there were a lot of phrases that really stuck with me. So like mostly the quality of the writing, I think, was like on point. Like I remember the like the pearled edge of the dagger, the mangoes. Like it, there, it was just a very vivid story. So writer to writer, I'm giving I'm giving a tip of my hat. Yes, no, this writer is actually superb at that. That seems to be where she really excels. Um, it's mm -hmm. superb. The way she writes is really um, designed to set you into a place and a mood. And she does mm -hmm. just enough descriptors to really um, 
drive home the point without becoming uh there's a word i'm looking for yeah flowery lord Um, of the rings flowery yes god yes (laughs) (laughs) i read those books too many times and i know just how bad that can be um but it's also there's no um presumptuous nature to it it's not at all um pompous Mm -hmm. it's very much down to earth very realistic um which i really think is a tell to um a very good balance of vocabulary and usage of words. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just oh, yeah. the, the plot line itself, it's, and I say it's heart-wrenching. To me, that's that's pretty um, spot on because uh, seeing Zuko at his lowest is honestly a bit of a, um, always a hard thing to swallow just because you think you've seen him at his worst already. Like you thought he hit rock bottom on the show. Just wait till we show you <laughs> exactly midlife oh, crisis no or no clue. quarter life crisis. Zuko. In this case, yeah, oh, totally dead on. This baby. is quarter life crisis. Crisis. Oh, oh, the poor guy. <laughs> but it's not too far out of the realm of possibility. I mean, okay. they talk about him having six, seven different um, attempts on his life, and some of them he doesn't even know about already. I mean, yeah, you you think underneath that kind of line of stress, let alone realizing people are having rallies and not happy with you i mean yeah and all you hear is the nobility upset no wonder you're gonna be having that kind of a meltdown yeah exactly yeah here's my here's my notice peace out you fire sage hoes i'm gonna go live my best life (laughs) exactly (laughs) well i think that's pretty much what he does with his hair in the actual the actual story i mean like that kind of he had a britney moment such yeah, but like it was such good writing. It was. It was. Yeah, like like just hella dramatic, and I was like, oh. The the more. moment where he pulls more. the dagger up, I went, no, she's not going there. And then he went for his hair, and I'm like, okay, well, still, but okay, <laughs> at least you didn't go there. <laughs> but I mean, that was yeah, it's drama queen. Oh my goodness, and that's totally in character with Zuko. So it's it's a really good, very in character st- telling. Including how Katara handles it. It's definitely a much more mature Katara because the Katara we know from the show, she would have been in his face from day one. The moment it happened, the moment she realized what was going on, she wouldn't have let him get away with anything. But as a more mature character, we're seeing her starting to realize that she can't always fix it by a head-on um, okay. head uh, confrontation. And that sometimes you have to yeah. let people come to their own conclusions. Which is what we start to see her doing at the end yeah. of the show. So it makes sense that we would see her in this at this age in a much fuller capacity doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this where I oust myself that I didn't read this one shot because life got in the way and I only had time to read one of the two pig pigs? Really? I mean, no, fake pigs. Look at that. I'm even giving, getting my segments mixed up. Really, dude? Really? I'm sorry. Hey, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Teacup, you've gone on record as not reading things sometimes. Okay, I am notorious for this. Okay, Don't but you know me. what? I gotta, I gotta I'm dish it out sometimes. Moment. Okay, okay. <laughs> you wanna go? Oh my god, I will fight you. Let's okay, go. Okay, okay, okay ladies, In ladies, ladies. At the end, I am not holding your guys' earrings. Stop it. <laughs> Hold our teacups, please. Oh, sorry, Hold my teacups. loopies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. god somebody call the daily there's a disturbance yeah there truly be we need to but okay the fire but, nation can I, never silence me 
<laughs> but Ride was kind enough to give Je- me a really, really good summary from the tea shop. <laughs> and vivid description of what I missed. And I will go back and read because honestly, it sounds amazing. It's totally and worth I it. I really, really appreciate this unique take on Zuko as a Fire Lord. Um, because I guess it, you, I don't know, at least from my point of view, you don't get to see a lot of the hassle it must be to fucking run a nation that has been for at sure. war on the wrong side of the war for a hundred years. So to see the physical, mental, emotional toll that it would have on Zuko, especially when you think about like in the canon compliant universe of that everybody just deuced on him. Like, and he was just left by himself Aww. running this shit show. Oh, that, and, that, that yeah, still I think it's really makes accurate. me mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Life is a started. party and Zuko is the pinata. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh. My poor, poor baby. <laughs> poor baby. Zuko defense squad. <laughs> right here. Right here. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't blame him for having a mental breakdown and just being like, I'm done. Because you have to think everything he sacrificed for, everything he's had to suffer through to get this world peace the same as everybody else it's like he owes the world nothing else let this be somebody else's problem he didn't have to step up for that i mean even though it's blood he didn't have to but he chose to because he felt he needed to and felt it was right because he's an honorable guy man a vacation yeah and honestly like this is like this is like a burnout situation right oh very much place this huge amount in a place where he probably can trust nobody, have no support, and then, you know, have be consistently almost assassinated. And then we all know Zuko's characterization to be a suffer in silence and no, I don't need help uh, because I have to do this alone. <laughs> of course he would. That That is the perfect recipe for him to just just literally shave his head and be like middle fingers i'm <laughs> i'm deucing this i'm gonna me go that... live as lee in the earth kingdom it reminds me of john malini the... that one john malini quote where he's like i'll just hold my emotions all right here and then i'll die <laughs> and that's yeah. so zuko <laughs> yeah that is <laughs> well i'll just die so i mean shout out to the author for this really unique take that i can't wait to read and enjoy as soon as we're done recording this episode <laughs> I will say that the one thing that I really did appreciate about this one shot um, was that she didn't necessarily fix it at the end. She left it where he's still healing. He's still needing to come to grips. He's still needing to be okay with it. He didn't go back to being the Fire Lord by the time we're done. He just doesn't. And that's, that's okay. She leaves it there where he's allowed to heal. He's allowed to take time to get there. And Katara is allowed to be right beside him while he's doing it. I just, I found that such a beautiful way to end the story. So moving into our second story, this one is a completely different beast where Goldilocks is very solidly in Avatarverse. This one is very solidly in the modern AU and I love it. So the next one is brought to you by The Taste of Lies. Um, She's got a brilliant collection of stories to read much like Goldilocks they both are very um, prolific writers and they are very talented writers so there's pretty much a guarantee on every single one of them you're going to enjoy them but this one in particular really stood out to me 
This one is called Blue Brought Us Together. The author's summary is really simple. It's Katara ends up really liking blue drinks. Rather, she ends up really liking the person who makes them. The reviewer's summary. Uh, first off, I just have to say that this author's summary is so in character for her, it's not even funny. It's such an understatement of this sweet, lilting story. It This one brought me so many smiles and easy laughs. It's at the heart of it. It's a slow love story, but it's got a steady reveal of plot, and it's perfect fluff with a heart of gold. This one... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I need to go to basically if you don't make me blue drinks and name them on the spot for me like don't even don't even try to get with me so so sex in the driveway it's, huh oh yeah <laughs> yeah it, sex on the driveway or nothing or amf no in between oh my god yeah. or, yeah. <laughs> No, it's it is a um, it's a beautiful AU. I love it. It's it's almost it's it's lighthearted, and I could use that to be honest. Like, uh, not not to be a Debbie Downer here, and mention the world outside of this podcast and the dumpster <laughs> fire that is. Um, but it, it's lighthearted, and I and we really need that. And I really want to just send all a gift basket to this author because. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was lighthearted. I sat down. I laughed. I giggled. I was rooting for this um, AU that you still got a lot of the heaviness that comes with the trauma that both of these characters have in, in the canon universe. But it's in a lighthearted, this is after when healing has already happened and they just meet together in, in something that's really relatable. Because sometimes... The fantastical universes are amazing, but sometimes when you get a little dose of AU that you could, that it's like, this is how, this is our world. This is, so it's just really sweet and lighthearted. And I had such a fun time reading it. This one made me laugh. This one just made me laugh so much. I, I, I had a toddler that was sleeping the first time I read it and um, trying not to wake him up while I was, you know, reading it. <laughs> trying not to laugh. Very, challenge. Very hard because <laughs> it's it's just one of those stories it's one of those ones i concern whenever i'm having having a crappy day i'll pick it up and read it it's kind of like the first one that we reviewed on our podcast uh five they both are just that same kind of feel to me they're they're totally different au's i mean completely but they are both that same warm feeling that still brings a quick and easy smile and an easy laugh and i am living for it <laughs> well I'll be really honest, like, I am notorious for hating modern AUs. Like, I've said this for years, I hate modern AUs. They're usually the scum of all writing. I would not say that about this fic. I actually really enjoyed it because the author's warmth and their ability to, I don't know, just really carry the narrative in a funny, thoughtful, really entertaining way just really shines through. And, like, I don't know, like, throughout my long time in this fandom, I've seen a lot of terrible modern AUs, and I just, I love where the new writers of the Renaissance are taking this. I just, I'm loving it. This is a great fic. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's just because it's also, the Renaissance evolves a lot of um, millennials, and, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you kind of have this, like, this 
is obviously could be anybody's how they met their their love of their life or how they met a boyfriend or a girlfriend so i i love the how relatable it is how real it is how Mm -hmm. you could put yourself in that situation and how silly it is like i love that bit of the rules of before it used to be you wait three days to call and with texting (laughs) it's different and how do you do it with this like that's such a thing that Mm -hmm. all of us have experienced that you just can't help but terrible pickup lines yeah (laughs) yeah oh my god oh my (laughs) god horrible puns puns. (laughs) first of all i need a whole i I need i'm gonna get up on this podium and be like thank you for your wonderful puns i and the and the ending that like i'm keeping you because it's it's so beautiful i'm keeping you like that's so cute that because of her pun oh my god the way to my heart is with puns if you haven't realized (laughs) we are but basic hoes i'm pretty sure you put a note in our um our outline there doodle about what type of read this was oh right i said this was a pun read uh Yeah. Uh, oh God. Yeah, that was that Doodle was. Doodle lady is forcibly ejected from the Jasmine Dragon. <laughs> That's fine. I found my people, and it involves this author and her wonderful writing. <laughs> well, shout out because they they are awesome. Thank you. Shout out. That was probably one of my. That one's one of the ones that's been bookmarked. I won't lie. Both of these stories have been bookmarked in my on my uh, Ao3 for a very good reason, and. This one in particular just warms my heart every time, and it makes me so happy to read it. <laughs> so I'm glad you guys were able to enjoy it as much as I did. It was wonderful, and um, I did want to expand a little bit on how they transferred like them losing their mothers into how they, they managed to squeeze that into this one shot and not make it sound rushed. And the way, like the truth or dare game, and then mm-hmm. their date, just how mm-hmm. the how she finessed it into the conversation and into the narrative, I think was really important. Um, because I mean, yeah, those are stories that happen in everyday freaking life. Mm-hmm. And that little bit where um, he says, "Yeah, yeah, I know it's not my fault. I'm working on that." <laughs> it's just, yeah, that is how the growth, the therapy, the things that it costs to heal from traumatic events i just i can't believe that they squeezed that narrative into seven thousand words i'm um yeah the, she she did such a beautiful job with that and and even the things as simple as um his discussion about um therapy and how much he, he did discuss it i mean it's a very usually it's a very rough and hard to subject to discuss with a guy in particular but they took it and ran with it with zuko we stand men talking about their feelings, man. Solidly. They deserve yes. it. Solidly. And she did such a beautiful job of, of making it very realistically how a guy would handle discussing having to go to therapy. And yes, he's done it. And specifically and yes, Zuko. Okay. Like how Zuko would handle well and approach that Zuko. situation. Yeah, like once he's kind of worked on it. Yeah. And healed. And the text messages back and forth between them just warm my heart so oh, very me. much <laughs> i'm melting <laughs> no it's probably one of the best uh modern au's i've come across and i am definitely here for oh, it yes for a long while yeah if, if teacup says so you know that you can the teacup guarantee oh. 
And I love that she locked in one POV. She didn't try to do both Zuko and Katara's. She did only Katara's. Oh, thank you. And that I love when somebody does that. It's one particular POV because then you just there's that same feeling of guessing what the other person's dealing with and trying to read yes. what the other person's dealing with. And now you now it's not you know the it omniscient. feels more lifelike. Yes, it feels more lifelike because you don't have all the cards. Exactly. <laughs> As you do in life, you never know. Exactly. So, well, thank you, ladies, for sharing these uh, two wonderful stories with me. I I'm so glad you guys enjoyed them as much as I did. And I look forward to seeing what else we come up with across the hiatus and what we get to talk about next season. Mm -hmm. So excited. Mm -hmm. oh, We're going to come back with so much more fun and so much more well, to talk thank about. Thank you, Ride. Insanity. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Holy poop. Anyway. <laughs> Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> Delivering amazing fake pics as always, Ryan. So, thank you so much for bringing these little gems to our attention and to the attention of all of our listeners. My pleasure. Now, let's take a stroll through the Ample Fandom Gallery. So, welcome back to Pig Picks, you wonderful people. This week's episode is all about the fandom renaissance. As someone who has been at this party for a few years, I can safely say I am losing my damn mind with the amount of new talent busting into my house and killing me with feelings. Um, this first piece that we're going to take a look at is by Tia Latte, who I've personally been following for some time, and while she didn't come with the latest wave of fans, I kind of don't give a flying hoot. I stan her and her artwork to the moon, the sun, and back, so we are going to talk about her. Um, so the piece that I chose is this beautiful, beautiful work in progress that she made, and it's a portrait of Fire Lady Katara. Um, so it's uh, from the bust up, and it's a portrait of uh, her in all her Fire Lady regalia. Um, she's just turned to the side, and it highlights her profile and her elaborate hairstyle, um, I haven't seen this post on my dashboard in a while, so I'm kind of ashamed to say I kind of forgot about it. Um, so while I was researching her work for this episode, you can imagine my freaking scream when I saw it again. <laughs> um, it's allegedly a work in progress, which lives up to its name because it whipped me in the feelings. Oh, there's those yeah. puns. <laughs> uh, there you go. For all of you pun lovers. Um... So I guess I just want to get started with that first. I freaking love the wardrobe design so, so, so freaking oh, much. Oh, hell yes. She added such beautiful details and she did a, an amazing job blending the colors of the Water Tribe and the Fire Nation, which I think is so hard. Every time I try to make a Fire Lady outfit, I'm like, how am I going to make these two colors live in this universe without looking like poop? Um... So, shout out to Tia Latte for doing a spectacular job with that. But ladies, I want to get your thoughts. What do you think? How much do you love it? How oh. much? I, oh, sis, I am, I am here for Fire Lady Katara. She snatched my wig and I gave, like, I gave it to her. I just, I <laughs> forget snatching. You I just give it to her. Art. <laughs> You're just like, here, I live for art of, of Fire Lady Katara. And this is just peak like, I love Tia Latte. She's another, you know, 
half Dramini, half Zutaraho. So you know, she clicks all the boxes. On yeah, my, yeah, like, she 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 has all of the touches. <laughs> I love her art. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh yes, I appreciate this. I appreciate it. Okay, okay, ride, ride. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I I just adore Tia Latte's art. I. There's so much to her storytelling she does in her art, and I feel like just words do not necessarily um, capture it. And this is just another one of those moments. She, to me, this this looks like um, it's something that would be put up in a um, in the fire palace, fire nation, you know, palace after the her you know the next generations come and see the fire lady katara and hear about all of her stories and this is what would be hanging on a tapestry there and it's just that's what it feels like to me when i look at it and she does such a beautiful job of of keeping um the culture of katara and the southern water tribes while at the same time showing the respect of her being a ruler of the fire nation so I just, I absolutely, I love this. I love the colors, the golds are just vibrant and yet manages to hold, connect everything together. It's just, it's beautiful. I... <sighs> <laughs> it's funny yeah. you should mention the whole, like, that this would be an image you would see in, like, the history books in the portrait wing of the palace. Um, because I am violently in love with the caption that Tialate included with this piece. And it reads as follows. Fire Lady Katara, arguably the fairest, definitely the kindest, and undeniably the strongest Fire Lady. So, not to be dramatic, but, like, I would go to war for Fire Lady Katara. Oh, like, solidly. No, like, just, yeah. She Let her lead the battle she charge. Would, yeah, she would be historic, like she deserved. And this is 100% meant to be a jive at what they did to Katara. <laughs> we are not pulling the punches. Yes. <laughs> like this is 100% offense meant. Break. Because this is what she deserved. This this is the kind of like legacy yeah. she deserved to have. That is balance. That's how you wrap up a narrative in a satisfying way. It's almost like, you know, writers have some concept of how to write up, you know, Plot lines and plot? narratives and yeah, good relationships. Not even saying romantic. I'm just saying relationships in general. I'm just saying, you know. How how finish work with unsatisfying ending? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not if you're break. But this, this, however, yes. This is this is amazing. I mean, it's the ending Katara the- deserved. It really is, Full and Tia Latte captured denial. it so wonderfully, and it just, just thank you. Thank you, Tia Latte, for making this and for blessing my eyes, and I am so glad I'm alive in this era to be able to see it. <laughs> <laughs> this will forever live as the Lady Katara I envision in my head when I read Fire yes. Lady Katara. Yes. Period. One hundred percent. She lives ring free in my mind. All right, so more, more about Katara. We segue into the second piece, which is a piece that actually came from Zifa. So I guess we're we're still we're still on this wagon of highlighting everything from Zifa because there was so much that we couldn't get to. I'm glad that 
I found a piece that we could highlight now. Ah, um, gee. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so this is a three-panel piece uh, by Full Moon Peaches on Tumblr. And it's based on the one-shot catharsis uh, by, and I'm sorry if I butcher this, Amin Ray on AO3? Sure. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll link as always so you guys can find everything that we're talking about. Um, So this is a Southern Raiders AU and it's a panel right after Katara confronts Yun Ra and uh, they're talking over the fire. The setting is kind of, I think, cave, cliffside, something about in that um, scheme and Katara is asking him why he betrayed her in Bossing Say. Alright, so panel number one, we see Zuko facing away from Katara, I think, and you see a little, like, sh- the artist included some subtitles. Um, and Katara is asking him, can I ask you a question? And in the second panel, it's Katara looking deeply into the fire contemplating and she asks why did you do it and then the third panel cuts back to the moment they had in the catacombs um i think it is i really love a lot of things about this piece but first off i want to gush about her style I this is such a unique and emotive style. I think the way she draws eyes, like I've never really seen somebody incorporate into their fan art and I think it's so iconic and I've always really admired artists who can create their their own like consistent style that anyone can like immediately recognize. So all the compliments to her for her amazing work. So, now to chat about the emotional whammy this piece hits well, hit me personally with, and I'm sure you guys as well. I don't think I'm the only one who loves the Southern Raiders AUs or the, you know, Southern Raiders Utara moments. I love those. Yes. This, the artist, I, I absolutely adore her style of um, features. They're very warm. Even in the more um, painful moments, it's still a warm sensation to how she writes it, uh, how she draws it. It's, um, I think it's, I really do think it's the eyes just because you can, there's no doubt about the emotion in a moment because she makes it very abundantly clear with her art as to how they're feeling. And that's, uh, I, I'm always fascinated and fixated on eyes and I, this, she does a beautiful job of, of, um, highlighting that look, highlighting the, the features of her eyes. It gives her so much playroom, so much, like, you can add so much more because it's it's this style and the eyes are always so expressive. Um, it, it just allows her to do a lot of things that I'm kind of jealous of. <laughs> I wish I could do it. It's, and yet she does, she does a very good job of not making it, like, I've seen people who've done art with two big, of, with big eyes like that, exaggerated ex- expressions for the eyes that feel almost frightening. Um, this is not at all. And she does such a beautiful job of making it so it's not a uncomfortable thing to see. It's done in a very, um, I said warm earlier, warm. It's the best way I can describe it, feeling. It's just comfortable. It really is. 
Uh, for our listeners, I did, I did want to highlight um, uh, a little bit of the one shot because I think it's really kind of important for the context of the panels. Um, so obviously, the main question in the artwork is why did he do it? Why did he turn around and betray them and go to Azula's side? So after Katara asked that question. Uh, Zuko is considering her question and he answers and I quote because I wanted to go home um, because I let Azula fool me into thinking they wanted me that I had a chance to have a family again and oh my <laughs> bo- oh good god right like wow <laughs> and even Katara in the story Zuko. she didn't know what to say to that what do you say to that Zuko, like, <laughs> like Teacup just said. God, this episode is really, we're like highlighting a lot of Zuko bashing. Like, poor Zuko. <laughs> You're right. We're not good. Well, yeah, maybe a little, but Zuko our poor squad, anguished boy. Well, that's what it is. It's not that we're highlighting bashing. It's that we're all, you know. F- feeling the feels for Zuko. And we're all ready to go to war for him. The feels <laughs> no. are so strong. No, he's he's our fiery boy. <laughs> no one touched the fiery boy. <laughs> he deserves the world. <laughs> he does. Love and hugs. Tika, you got any thoughts on this? It's pretty and sad. <laughs> and I'm sad. And I really like the first panel, which is like Zuko from behind. Like... It's just pretty. Uh, hey, guys, I'm a writer, okay? I see art, I'm like, ooh, it's pretty. It's pretty. Reblog. It's pretty. <laughs> it's, it's pretty. It's real pretty. Y'all should look at this beautiful art. It's just, I recommend. I rec- <laughs> oh, that's how I feel about writing sometimes. I'm like, the words gave me the feels, and it was good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like the colors are nice. What more do you want from me? <laughs> I want more. Uh, uh, Whereas, like uh, uh, when it comes the... to writing, I can do like, oh, great discussion, you know, perfect use of metaphor. But right now, I'm just like, uh, it's it, pretty. I, I like it. Take my money. <laughs> I, 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 here, here you go. I got something. The cloudy sky that she has in the first two panels, denoting the stormy nature. But it's not completely. It's starting to recede, which is evident in correlation with the stormy, uh, stormy, the Southern Raiders story that we just finished. You know, the storm is passing, but this is the final bits of it that she has to resolve before clear sailing that we see at the end of the show. Thank you, Ride. That's the comments (laughs) I was looking for. Notice the line (laughs) of Zuko's back. Notice how rigid it is. You know, an uncertain. Edge. See, I can do that too. I just choose not to. I can do that. I just choose not to. <laughs> but no, there's I'm really so much to be said for body language, honestly, because it's yeah, it is. He's turned away. He's his back is turned to this like shameful question because I'm sure he carries a lot of shame for what he did. You can see that in the canon, and you can see it here, and. I like that this moment, because it's post such a traumatic confrontation for Katara, like, she's confronted everything. Like, she's like, okay, I confronted this guy. I'm going to confront you. Why Why did you do this? Right? Because mm-hmm. 
I I really enjoy that, you know, and the fact that she added the fire. I think the fire is a really, really interesting and useful, like, prop to add to the scene. Um, And I know, like, that this is in the story, but the way that um, the artist added it to the visual is... I think it's fantastic placement and it serves a purpose. Yeah. Well, it's also like, bringing her back to that moment at the, you know, we were talking about the fire that he, um, he flung at her, basically stopped her from use, uh, from being able to fight Azula. And then, you know, that that's very much bringing back to the, to those catacombs last time that she went toe to toe with him. Mm-hmm. But I have nothing but amazing things to say about Full Moon Peaches. She's amazing. Please go check her out and give her some love. Uh, so once again, guys, um, everything that we have talked about, we will be linking. Uh, you can find these artists on our Tumblr and we'll be taking them on all our social media and all their pieces in the episode guide. Um, that oh, I was going to say that was going to come out. That's not it. The episode guide comes out first, then the episode. <laughs> okay, whatever. So for all you people who saw the episode guide, you obviously know who these people are, and you'll be able to find them. So, Tia Latte, you can find her on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we'll link to her handles. And Full Moon Peaches can be found on Tumblr. So please go give those people some love. Go follow them. They do amazing work. Um yeah really nothing more i could say just go hoard around them (laughs) so listeners even though this is our last episode we are still going to include a quick sneak peek into the next segment of our serial reading of tempest in a teacup by aka vertigo trial by fire She wants to see him. He doesn't want to see anyone. Iroh is exhausted as he explains this. He has spent the past two nights burning every wick and pulling every string in an attempt to salvage the disaster wrought and received by his nephew. He has visited his brother twice, striving to temper the punishment into a compromise that will not leave the kingdom airless. So far the results have been less than promising. Zuko refuses to see him. In fact, Zuko refuses to see anyone. Only the physicians have been allowed a few obligatory hours of tolerance before being banished from the prince's apartments. Even in the depth of his darkest hour, Zuko remains indomitable. But Katara is stubborn too, and two hours later she is following Iroh into the palace outer wings, towards the exiled prince's relocated quarters. Dressed in the pale, long silks of a scribe, eyes downcast and face blank, she draws no attention. A tray laden with a pot of tea, two cups, and a bowl of soup sits firmly in her hands. When they reach the locked doors, she detaches herself from Iroh's side and stands before the guards without saying a word. The guards, not knowing what to make of this reedy girl or the tray in her brown hands, or the dragon of the west behind her, gaze at Iroh for guidance. Let her pass, if she can. Katara bows to Iroh, murmurs polite thanks to the guards, sets down the dinner tray, 
and then proceeds to start kicking the thick door with all her strength. Dumbfounded, but not exactly astonished, Iroh watches her. Idiot! Vapid, bombastic, megalomaniac! Quit hiding! Quit it right now, you blowhard! Cringe under the sheets all you want, sissy, but first you will damn well open this door and face me! Iroh, the guards, all of the beings of heaven and the administers of hell, look on with horrid fascination while the girl continues to barrage the door, and the one behind it without mercy. Or shame. Eventually, Katara's insults leave the realm of polite to travel among the creative diversity that Iroh is impressed of in spite of himself. Apparently, the past five years of Katara's keeping were not nearly as sheltered as he assumed. The alarm of the rising commotion is nothing, absolutely nothing, compared to the shock of the door wrenching open. Katara's cries halt immediately, one foot frozen in mid-kick. She stares. Zuko stares back. We hope you enjoyed that little snippet, and unfortunately it doesn't come out until February of 2021, but we just couldn't resist sharing it with you before the end of the year. As we reach the end of our episode, it's time to say goodbye for now. This year has been so incredibly difficult in so many ways, it's turned all of our lives upside down one way or another. This fandom has honestly been a safe place for me, and I don't think I'm alone in that, during all this. I'm super grateful to have shared this cup of tea with these interesting strangers, and now friends. I can't even begin to agree with you. This podcast has been an adventure, and it has brought me so many amazing friends. The least of all, you two crazy lunatics. So we'll be on hiatus for a bit, but rest assured that we will spend that time cooking up new content, plotting new serials, and even spending some time arranging some new interviews. I mean, when we're not, like, crying or... Uh, Having existential crises. We need thirsting to, like, so hard. in that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. we got plenty of thirsting between the three of us. I'm certain of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't wait to show you our new blends um, that we're mixing up as we speak. So, see you guys then. And we have had such an amazing time together, the three of us, and I can't even begin to imagine doing this unique project with anybody else but you two ladies. You guys have been oh. some of the best stuff to come out of this quarantine. This hiatus is going to be full of insanity that we promise to record at least some of. Some. We've got some grand ideas, new content, and some really spectacular plans. Anybody say Patreon specials? And I get to have the honor of being your first hostess of this new season. <gasps> oh, I'm already scared. <sighs> until then, no and <laughs> until then, and depending on your platform, please like, reblog, follow, subscribe, and support the Jasmine Dragon Tea Hour, especially during this hiatus. And we will continue to be your local source for fandom tea. And look at that. We have officially wrapped up our first season of the podcast, which is insane. May I add, like, 
crazy. I can't believe we wrapped out a whole season. Can you imagine the Thank- fact that we just dreamed of this about, you know, and four months it ago? Happened. Oh, just a few I'm short so months ago, we were like, hey, we should do a thing. And look, and where now we, are we now. did the thing. Oh, look at that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much to each and every one of you that has pressed that play button and supported us. And a special shout out to all the fandom creators that inspired us to create the show in the first place. We literally would not exist without you. You guys are the real MVPs. <laughs> the OGs. <laughs> so stay safe and healthy, everybody. We look forward to welcoming you back to the tea shop in 2021.